Hello and welcome to Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church located in Fremont, California. It is our prayer that today's broadcast will be a blessing to you. Let us prepare our hearts to hear the word of the Lord. and it is an absolute privilege to be here at South Bay Community Church. I hear a lot of good things about the house of God here in Fremont. As Pastor Brian mentioned, uh, we're becoming fast friends over the last couple of years because of the ethnic commission and some engagements within our denomination. And so I get to be with him and spend some time with him uh, about twice a year. So uh, it's been an absolute privilege to be here at the morning service and here again today to see where he ministers. And I can't forget that last year, I actually met Pastor Stan for the very first time. Are you here? Is he here? Oh, man. What a man of God. A man of wisdom. A man of courage. A man of integrity. And a father in the faith. I thank God for you. I thank God for this church and the many ways that you're serving your community, your people, and the many ways that you love God and love your church. Amen. Last night I had the chance to meet Nita Owens. She picked me up from the airport. And let me tell you what, she, uh, she's, a good, she's a good engagement and a good meter of what y'all are like. And so I was really blessed by her. We had dinner together and we were able to share some conversation together. And so she prepped me well for this morning and I thank God for her. So thank you, Nita. As Pastor Brian mentioned, I am from Seattle. I have the great privilege of pastoring as an executive pastor at a church called Quest Church in the heart of Seattle, Washington. Uh, I have been married for, it'll be 20 years this August. I know I look young. I look very young. I have a 17-year-old who's about to go off to college this fall, so pray for me. It's not going to be cute. He's going to go to Seattle Pacific University, which is only about a mile away from my house. And so I'm thinking about ways I can create an office on campus. Uh, and just happened to be there. Um, I have a 15-year-old son, and I have an almost 12-year-old son, so three boys, and they keep me very busy. They keep my life full, and I see God in them each and every day. So I thank God. The, go- the Lord has been good to me. The Lord has been indeed good to me. Well, I have a word for you this morning. Are you ready for the word of God? Well, can you join me in a word of prayer? Gracious and loving God, the one in whom we live, move, and have our being. Lord, I thank you for the gift of this day. I thank you for the gift of breath. 
I thank you for the gift of life, for we do not take it for granted that we are here together today, brothers and sisters, one body. Lord, I pray and I thank you that your Holy Spirit is already thick in this place. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes open our ears and our hearts to see, hear, and receive all that you would have to speak to us this morning. Lord, I pray that these would not just be mere words on this page. May they not just be words in this book called the Bible, but Lord, I pray that as it goes forth, would you divide it a hundred ways that we might each hear a unique and specific word for ourselves. Lord, speak to us this morning. Speak to us this morning. This is our prayer. This is our desire. That everything we do, that everything that we say, and everything that we think would give you honor and would give you praise this day. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, my sister. What an incredible worship team. Can we give it up for them? You know, as a former worship leader, I do know that a lot of times musicians and minstrels don't get a lot of credit. But you have a good thing here at South Bay. And I pray that you would continue to honor them, that you would continue to encourage them. This is a great and phenomenal team. Thank you, Tracy. Yes. Well, it's Women's Month. And I have the great privilege of launching off this month with a word for you. It's Women's Month here at South Bay. So I thought it would be appropriate to bring a word for you on uh, not just any character in the Bible, uh, but a woman. And not just any woman in the Bible, but a powerful and a leader. A woman who was known for her gifts, her strength, and her leadership in Scripture. Now, I don't know about you, but I know we often relate to characters in the Bible based on the various seasons we find ourselves in, right? Maybe some of you are in seasons of uncertainty. So you might go to certain characters in the Bible and find their life and find their their calling and their space of uncertainty uplifting for you. Maybe for those of us who are constantly mindful and burdened by our mess and our shortcomings. Anybody here in the room in that space? We might relate to characters in the Bible who've messed up, yet who've demonstrated the power and the presence of God in their midst. I'm thinking of maybe somebody like Jonah. If you're in that season, sometimes characters like Jonah might speak to us in a peculiar way. For those of us who are more mindful of our inadequacies and fears, 
We might relate to folks who've overcome those inadequacies in the midst of fear-inducing situations. I think of Moses. When God called Moses, what did Moses say? But, Lord, I can't speak. You need to send me somebody to speak on my behalf. Inadequacies and fears. I think of Mary. You want me to what? Bring forth the son of the living God. Do you know who I am? Inadequacies and fears. But today, I want to share with you about a person in the Bible. While some of us may not know a lot about who she was, this is a woman whom we are told of as being a willing a courageous, a fearless fighter and a leader. This was a woman who was in her prime, meaning she was living in her pocket. Or as maybe Pastor Brian said last week, I think, he said this was a woman who was living in purpose. My sermon today is about a woman named Deborah. Do you know Deborah? And the title of my message this morning is, Has Not the Lord Gone Before You? Has Not the Lord Gone Before You? If you have your Bibles with you, if you could t- turn it to the book of Judges. Judges. Chapter 4. Judges chapter 4, verses 4 to 14. Judges chapter 4, verses 4 to 14. When you're there, say amen. Hear the word of the Lord. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at that time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh and Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun, and lead them up to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River, and give him into your hands. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Certainly I'll go with you, said Deborah. But because of the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. There Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 men went up under his command. Deborah also went up with him. Now Heber, the Kenite, had left the other Kenites, the descendants of Hobab, Moses' brother-in-law, and pitched his tent by the great tree in Zayananim near Kadesh. When they, sold, when they told Sisera that Barak, son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera summoned from Herosheth Hagoyim to the Kishon River all his men and his 900 chariots fitted with iron. Then Deborah said to Barak, go, 
This is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So Barak went down Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And as the text keeps going, we find that Jabin's army was completely destroyed, but Sisera managed to escape. And as he was finding safety and refuge, we find that later in the chapter, he ended up being killed by a woman named Yael, just as Deborah had prophesied. I'm intrigued by Deborah for a few reasons. Did you know that Deborah was the only woman in scripture to gain power and esteem on her own merit. What do I mean by this? She gained power and esteem apart from any relationship with a man, whether a father figure, a husband, or a son. The only woman in scripture. Deborah was also a prophet who was referenced by other men and women throughout the Old Testament as a prophetess and leader who was highly gifted, wise, and noble. And some scholars even compare her influence like that of Samuel. I also wanted to share about a person, and especially a woman in the Bible, who wasn't only known, narrated, and described to us first by their sin and their shortcomings, and their lack. Like, if you think about Eve and Delilah, who were narrated as temptresses, or as being widowed and alone like Ruth and Naomi, or caught in sin like the Samaritan woman at the well, or sick like the woman with the issue of blood, or just plain peripheral and nameless like so many other women in Scripture. But I wanted to share with you on this Women's Month here at South Bay, someone known for their leadership, known for their gifts, and their God-given strengths. You know, sometimes for us preachers, we like to preach stories of the underdog and redemption. Sometimes those redemption stories are satisfying to share. But a per person's current situation, a person's current space of thriving at the height of their success is also a part of real people's stories. Sometimes I wonder if in Christian culture, it's hard for us to name those spaces of thriving. Sometimes Christian culture presses us to downplay success. We got to stay humble. We got to be mindful that there's other people who are struggling. Too often we convince ourselves that success is only for celebrities or that person over there or that person, but never for me. Have you ever been there? Today, I want to share with you about a real woman living fully into her God-given gifts in an extremely patriarchal society. 
leading as a powerful military leader in the midst of a battle with Jabin's army, but who was faithful, empowered, and victorious because of the power of God in her midst. This is a woman at the top of her game. This is a woman living in purpose. Now, when I think about our current culture today, when I think about women who are living in their pocket, women who are living in purpose, the first person I think of is Serena Williams. You know Serena Williams, the tennis player. Currently second on the all-time Grand Slam singles titles list with 21 Grand Slams. And I, I, might, I might have cried when she lost last year. Living in purpose. Do you know Misty Copeland? First African-American female principal dancer with the prestigious American Ballet Theater in New York City. First, living in purpose. Now, some of you may not know Becky Hammond. Do you know Becky Hammond? The first female coach in the NBA for the San Antonio Spurs. She's actually an assistant coach. But did you know that in the NBA, they have this thing called the Summer League? And so last year, the head coach looked to Becky and said, I want you to be the head coach for the Spurs Summer League. And so she took that challenge on. And I remember the players in certain interviews saying, we don't know. We've never had a woman head coach. But wouldn't you know, as they began to play their games, even if they were down at halftime, she would make slight adjustments. She would pull out players and rearrange players to the point where they won game one. They came back in game two, won it. Game three, game four, they won the championship. Becky Hammond. Similarly, Deborah was one of the rulers of the Israelites and a prophetess, the fourth judge and the only female judge to rule the people of Israel. This is huge. It's 2016, and we're still seeing firsts. Deborah was the first judge to rule over the people of Israel. And you might be asking yourself, who were these judges? What did they do? You got to understand that judges back then were a little different than what we might know today. Judges were appointed all the way back during Moses' time. Appointed as assistants to help resolve disputes among the Hebrews. And you can find this all the way back in Exodus chapter 18. And typically a judge's practice was to seek guidance from God first. Through prayer and meditation when they were called upon to mediate disputes among the people before making a ruling. And that's why many of the judges were also considered prophets. Who were able to speak a word from the Lord. These judges were necessary because listen to the condition 
of the Israelites just a couple chapters back in chapter 2. Let me read a little portion of this. Judges chapter 2, and I'll begin in verse 10. It says, after that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed, they followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. They provoked the Lord to anger because they forsook him. And then it goes on to say, Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of these raiders. Yet they would not listen to their judges, but prostituted themselves to other gods and worshipped them. Unlike their fathers, they quickly turned from the way in which their fathers had walked, the way of obedience to the Lord's commands. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge for them, he was with the judge and saved them out of the hands of their enemies as long as the judge lived. For the Lord had compassion on them. As they groaned under those who oppressed and afflicted them. But when the judge died, the people returned to ways even more corrupt than those of their fathers, following other gods and serving and worshiping them. They refused to give up their evil practices and stubborn ways. And then we get to chapter 4, our text for today. And in comes the fourth judge, Deborah. Chapter 4 starts by saying that the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, the king of Canaan. Because they had been so oppressed at the hands of Jabin and Sisera, his military leader, the Israelites began to cry out to God. They were desperate. Save us, God. Really quickly for you. Here's Deborah, the fourth judge, the first woman to rule over the people of Israel. The Israelites are a mess. God had saved them over and over. And as soon as the previous judge dies, they go back into their Baal worship, turning their backs on God. So God tells her to gather up the people to defeat Jabin and his army. So she calls on Barak. Barak was the leader of their army, of the Israelites. He was a powerful leader. And she tells him to gather 10,000 of their people and lead them up Mount Tabor. Meanwhile, she said, I'll take care of Sisera. I'm going to lead him and his troops down to the river. So once we get there, you can easily just take over. Now, I can only imagine the look on Barak's face. You want me to what? Have you seen us? Or better yet, have you seen them? They have 900 chariots fitted with iron and troops with more power. And then he says to Deborah, well, I'll only go. If you go with me. But if you don't go with me, I'm not going to go. And so, of course, Deborah decides to go with him because the mission had to be accomplished. And in the meantime, Jabin hears that the Israelites are headed up the mountain. So he calls Sisera, his leader, 
and all his men down to the river. And then Deborah turns to Barak and says, I'm here with you. Now go. Today is your day. Has not the Lord gone before you? Deborah turns to Barak. Barak is scared. You want me to what? And she says, I'm here with you. If that was the issue, I'm here with you. But listen, I need you to go because today is your day. Has not the Lord gone before you? Despite what the situation looked like, Deborah was the one who remembers God's presence. The many ways God was faithful to God's people throughout time. Over and over and over again. Deborah also knew who called her and that God had already gone before them. She already knew. Now, interesting to note here that generals back then, generals of military forces, generals of the army, would never go ahead of the troops. And I think this is similar to today, if I'm not mistaken. Generals are never on the front line. They always stay back. And they order the troops to go. But here... Deborah suggests that God has already gone before them. What is she talking about? What Deborah's trying to tell us is that the God we serve doesn't ever send us alone, but has already gone ahead of us. Somebody say, already. Already gone ahead of us and defeated our greatest enemies, our biggest obstacles. In another, in another way, you could think of it is that no matter what stands before you, no matter what obstacle is ahead of you, what Deborah's trying to tell us is that God never asks us to go anywhere that He has not already prepared the way. God never calls us to be something or do something that God has not already equipped us to do. That's what Deborah's trying to say. For those of you in this room that are faced by obstacles, that are faced by fear, I pray this is a word for you. Has not the Lord already gone ahead of you? While yes, Deborah was willing. While yes, Deborah was courageous. While yes, Deborah was available. Let's not be naive either. It doesn't mean that her situation was easy to overcome. She was not superwoman. Deborah had a lot to overcome because we have to remember that she was a woman in a highly patriarchal society. Women were often used as property. Can we get real for a moment here? Women were often used as property. 
Women were used for childbearing purposes. Women were used for their bodies. Women were used as a resource for economic gain. And the list continues. Some of us would then ask, why would people listen to Deborah? Why did they listen to her? First of all, people listened because she was right. The woman was right. Because you have to understand that the prophet has to earn their respect. I'm thinking about Becky Hammond right now. I read an interview by some of the players after they won the championship. And they asked them, who's your coach? Without hesitation, every single player said, she's our coach. She's our leader. Deborah was right. Deborah earned respect. They trusted her as a person who had wisdom. But most importantly, Deborah believed in the power, the promise, and presence of God. Deborah knew that God had called her. This is important. Deborah knew that God had called her. And she was willing to serve despite what her circumstances would project. You got to know first. And the more I get to know Deborah, her story encourages me. And I, I hope she encourages all of us here today. Deborah tells us that we have to remember that God is faithful. Has not the Lord already gone before you? You have to remember. And then once we remember, we've got to be willing and courageous to walk forward. It's not enough just to remember. It's not enough just to know in your head and have a good idea of what you think it might be. What Deborah's trying to tell us is that it takes courage to take that step forward, to know that you've been called, and to trust that God has already gone before you. Has not the Lord already gone ahead of you? Because no matter where we find ourselves this morning or what we think about our potential or possibility or maybe lack thereof, maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're questioning your potential. You're questioning the possibilities that lie ahead of you. But I remember the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. But God chose the foolish things of the world. Meaning, foolish in the eyes of society. Not in the way that God had created you to be. God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are yet not 
That's actually a place. To nullify the things that are. So that no one may boast before him. Your space of things that are not. Is not a place apart from God. But it's to nullify the things that are. So that God might get the praise. So my question for us this morning. My question for you today. Is are you Barak? Or are you Deborah? Are you Barak or are you Deborah? Are you like Barak who was risk averse and counting the cost? Or are you like Deborah who was willing and courageous no matter what the cost? Are you Barak or are you Deborah? Are you like Barak and constantly saying, I can't unless? Or are you like Deborah and saying, I will because? Are you Barak or are you Deborah? Are you like Barak who only saw the unknown and fearful thing ahead of him? Or are you like Deborah who saw and remembered all the times that God had gone ahead of her? Are you Barak or are you Deborah? Are you like Barak who only thinks about and fears for your own life? Or are you like Deborah who risks her life for the benefit of other people's life? Are you Barak or are you Deborah? Are you like Barak who only sees your lack? Or are you like Deborah who knows the God that fills every gap? Are you Barak or are you Deborah? The good news this morning is that there's a Barak and a Deborah in all of us. I don't care what season of life you might find yourself in. There is a Barak and there is a Deborah in all of us. But I don't know about you. I don't know what space you find yourself in today. But maybe I'm drawn to Deborah this morning because that's the kind of season I find myself in. If I'm honest, I'm in a season of thrive. I feel like I'm living in my pocket. I feel like I'm living in purpose. Does that mean there's nothing more for me down the line? No. But I feel like in this moment on today, I am living fully in the promises and presence of God. And that doesn't mean that there aren't obstacles that I'm facing. But what it does mean is that I choose to remember those words of Deborah 
Has not the Lord already gone before me? I choose to remember that even in the midst of seeming barriers, in the midst of seeming obstacles, in the midst of seeming no's, that God has already made a way for me. That God has gifted and created me for a purpose. Maybe there's some of you in this room today. Maybe you find yourself like Deborah, empowered, living in your purpose. And I just want to reiterate to you, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God, lest we forget to turn back and give God praise. But I also want to remind you that your flourishing, that your thriving is never meant for you to hold on to. It's not meant just for you. But God is asking of you this morning. To open your eyes and to find the barracks in your midst. Who are the barracks in your life that you can look at them in the eye? That you can say to them with confidence and assurance, I'm with you. But today is your day. Go now. Has not the Lord gone before you. For those of you here this morning that maybe feel more like Barak, I want to say to you and give you a word of encouragement that we don't walk this journey of life alone. That maybe, just maybe, could there be a Deborah around you? Could there be somebody that sees you? Because God could have just asked Deborah to do it all herself. Deborah, you go get that army. You defeat that army. But what did God do? God used Deborah to see Barak, to find a partner. So in that word this morning, know that God sees you. Know that God will use you. And I pray that you would remember those words of Deborah. Has not the Lord gone before you? For today is your day. Today is your day. This is my prayer for you, South Bay. These seasons will ebb and they'll flow. Sometimes you'll find yourself like a barrack. Sometimes you'll find yourself like a Deborah. But my encouragement for you this morning is to remember that God is faithful. Remember 
but the power and presence of the Holy Spirit goes before you. You never walk it alone. You never walk it alone, nor does God ask you to walk it alone. But God, who is Emmanuel, God with us, is ever-present, empowering you to do and to be all that he's called you to do. Amen? Thank you for joining us for this installment of Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church, located at 47385 Warm Springs Boulevard, Fremont, California. We can be found on the web at www.sobcc.org. We'd like to take a moment to invite you to come and join us in person for one of our dynamic Sunday morning worship services. Services begin at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. each Sunday, and we would be so blessed to have you come worship with us. We'd also love to hear from you a word about how this ministry is helping you renew your mind for the glory of Jesus Christ. So please contact us, and we pray God's blessings over you the rest of this day. God bless.